right, grade fours, this is episode number 39, and we just ended off with um, the boys being chased by the older boys through sort of the back forest behind where the movie was playing. Remember, they're on the retreat. So someone had grabbed Augie's arm and yelled to him to run and uh, not to stop. Okay, so this next one is called Voices in the Dark. Finally, after what seemed like forever of running, someone yelled, I think we lost them. Amos, I'm right here, said Amos's voice a few feet behind us. We can stop, Miles yelled from farther up. Jack, I yelled. Whoa, said Jack, I'm here. I can't see a thing. Are you sure we lost them, Henry asked, letting go of my arm. That's when I realized that he had been the one who was pulling me as we ran. Yeah, shh, listen. We all got super quiet, listening for footsteps in the dark. All we could hear were the crickets and frogs and our own crazy panting. We were out of breath, stomachs hurting, bodies bent over our knees. We lost them, said Henry. Whoa, that was intense. What happened to the flashlight? I dropped it. How did you guys know, said Jack? We saw them before. They looked like jerks. You just rammed right into him, I said to Amos. I know, right? Laughed Amos. And remember, this is being told from Augie's point of view. He didn't even see it coming, said Miles. He was like, are you a freak too? And you were like, bam, said Jack. Bam, said Amos, throwing a fake punch in the air. But after I tackled him, I was like, run, Amos, you schmuck. He's been 10 times bigger than you. And I got up and started running as fast as I could. We all started laughing. I grabbed Doggy and I was like, run, said Henry. I didn't even know it was you pulling me, I answered. That was wild, said Amos, shaking his head. Totally wild. Your lip is bleeding, dude. I got in a couple of good punches, answered Amos, wiping his lip. I think they were seventh graders. They were huge. Losers, Henry shouted really loudly, but we all shushed him. We listened for a second to make sure no one had heard him. Where the heck are we, asked Amos. I can't even see the screen. I think we're in the cornfields, answered Henry. Duh, we're in the cornfield, said Miles, pushing a corn stalk at Henry. Okay, I know exactly where we are, said Amos. We have to go back in this direction. That'll take us to the other side of the field. Yo, dude, said Jack. Hand high in the air. That was really, excuse me, that was really cool of you guys to come back for us. Really cool. Thanks. No problem, answered Amos, high-fiving Jack. And then Miles and Henry high-fived him too. Yeah, dudes, thanks, I said, holding my palm up like Jack just had, though I wasn't sure if they, had if they would high-five me too. Amos looked at me and nodded. It was cool how you stood your ground, little dude, he said, high-fiving me. Yeah, Augie said Miles, high-fiving me too. You were like, we're littler than you guys. I didn't even know what to say. I laughed. Very cool, said Henry. And he high-fived me too. Sorry, I ripped your sweatshirt. I looked down and my sweatshirt was completely torn down the middle. One sleeve was ripped off and the other was so stretched out it was hanging down to my knees. Hey, your elbow's bleeding, said Jack. Yeah, I shrugged. It was starting to hurt a lot. You okay, said Jack, seeing my face? I nodded. Suddenly I felt like crying and I was really trying hard not to do that. Wait, your hearing aids are gone, said Jack. What? I yelled, touching my ears. The hearing aid band was definitely gone. That's why I felt like I was underwater. Oh, no, I said. And that's when I couldn't hold it in anymore. Everything that had just happened kind of hit me, and I couldn't help it. I started to cry, like big crying, what Mum would call the waterworks. I was so embarrassed. I hid my face in my arm, but I couldn't stop the tears from coming. The guys were really nice to me, though. They patted me on the back. You're okay, dude. It's okay, they said. You're one brave little dude, you know that, said Amos, putting his arm around my shoulder. And when I kept on crying, he put both his arms around me like my dad would have and let me cry. 
All right, chapter, the next chapter is called The Emperor's Guard. We backtracked through the grass for a good 10 minutes to see if we could find my hearing aids, but it was way too dark to see anything. We literally had to hold on to each other's shirts and walk in single file so we wouldn't trip over one another. It was like black ink had been poured all around. This is hopeless, said Henry. They could be anywhere. Maybe we can come back with a flashlight, answered Amos. No, it's okay, I said. Let's just go back. Thanks, though. We walked back towards the cornfields and then cut through them until the back of the giant screen came into view. Since it was facing away from us, we didn't get any light from the screen at all until we'd walked around to the edge of the woods again. That's where we finally started seeing a little light. There was no sign of the seventh graders anywhere. Where do you think they went, said Jack. Back to the food truck, said Amos. They're probably thinking we're going to report them. Oh, my goodness, excuse me. Are we, asked Henry? They looked at me. I shook my head. Okay, said Amos. But little dude, don't walk around here alone again, okay? If you need to go somewhere, tell us and we'll go with you. Okay, I nodded. As we got closer to the screen, I could hear high on a hill was a lonely goatherd and could smell the cotton candy from one of the concession stands near the food trucks. There were lots of kids milling around in the area, so I pulled what was left of my hoodie over my head and kept my face down, hands in my pockets, as we made our way through the crowd. It had been a long time since I'd been out without my hearing aids, and it felt like I was miles under the earth. It felt like that song Miranda used to sing to me, ground control to Major Tom, your circuit's dead, there's something wrong. I did notice as I walked that Amos had stayed right next to me, and Jack was close on the other side of me, and Miles was in front of us, and Henry was in the back of us. They were surrounding me as we walked through the crowds of kids, like I had my own Emperor's Guard. All right, the last one for this episode is called Sleep. Then they came out of the narrow valley, and at once she saw the reason. There stood Peter and Edmund and all the rest of Aslan's army fighting desperately against a crowd of horrible creatures whom she had seen last night. Only now in the daylight they looked even stranger and more evil and more deformed. I stopped there. I had been reading for over an hour, and, slept, and sleep still didn't come. It was almost 2 a.m., Everyone else was asleep. I had my flashlight on under the sleeping bag, and maybe the light was why I couldn't sleep. But I was too afraid to turn it off. I was afraid of how dark it was outside the sleeping bag. When we got back to our section in front of the movie screen, no one had even noticed we'd been gone. Mr. Tushman and Ms. Rubin and, Ms. and Summer and all the rest of the kids were just watching the movie. They had no clue how something bad had almost happened to me and Jack. It's so weird how that can be, how you could have a night. That's the worst of your life, but to everyone else, it's just an ordinary night. Like on my calendar at home, I would mark this as being one of the most horrific days of my life, this and the day that Daisy died. But for the rest of the world, this was just an ordinary day, or maybe it was even a good day. Maybe somebody even won the lottery today. Amos, Miles, and Henry brought me and Jack over to where we had been sitting before with Summer and Maya and Reed, and then they went and sat where they had been sitting before with Ixmina and Savannah and their group. In a way, everything was exactly as we had left it before we went looking for the toilets. The sky was the same. The movie was the same. Everyone's faces were the same. Mine was the same. But something was different. Something had changed and shifted. I could see Amos and Miles and Henry telling their group what had just happened. I knew they were talking about it because they kept looking over at me while they were talking. Even though the movie was still playing, people were whispering about it in the dark. News like that spreads fast. It was what everyone was talking about on the bus ride back to the cabins. All the girls, even girls I didn't know very well, were asking me if I was okay. The boys were all talking about getting revenge on the group of 7th grade jerks, trying to figure out what school they were from. I wasn't planning on telling the teachers about any of what had happened, but they found out anyway. Maybe it was the torn sweatshirt and the bloody elbow, 
or maybe it's just that teachers hear everything. When we got back to the camp, Mr. Tushman took me to the first aid office, and while I was getting my elbow cleaned and bandaged up by the camp nurse, Mr. Tushman and the camp director were in the next room talking with Amos and Jack and Henry and Miles, trying to get a description of the troublemakers. When he asked me about them a little later, I said I couldn't remember their faces at all, which wasn't true. It's their faces I kept seeing every time I closed my eyes to sleep. The look of total horror on the girl's face when she first saw me. The way the kid with the flashlight, Eddie, looked at me as he talked to me like he hated me. Like a lamb to the slaughter. I remember Dad saying that years, ages ago. But tonight, I think I finally got what it meant. All right, we'll start there until next day.